Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I want to give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is going to be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. Welcome back. Okay, before I talk about the episode, I need you to do me a favor. If you're not already following Backroom Beauty Talks on Instagram, please do so. I am moving all of the podcast info from my personal page to its own separate page. So Backroom Beauty Talks on Instagram. Haven't already done it? Do it now. Thank you. Okay, so today I am talking with Tara Pearson, and I'm really, really excited about this one because her and I just met at Hair Love Retreat, and we had a really amazing conversation that I have thought about Gosh, since we had it, honestly, because it was about um, being a mom and it was a very real, raw, tearful conversation. Um, and I really wanted to put it on the podcast. So we basically decided that we were going to have it again um, and we recorded it. And that is what you will be listening to today. If you are a mom, you're going to relate to this. <laughs> You might need tissues. I don't know. I did for a second there. Um, but this one, it's it's not about hair. And again, you know, with my podcast, I as much as I love the hair industry, like every single stylist, every educator, every coach, we have lives outside of our businesses. And I think that it's really, really important to have these conversations and know that um, the struggle can be real for not just you, but others as well. Um, and this is just one of those conversations that make me happy that I get the privilege to, um, even spread these kind of things, these chats with other people. Um, so please enjoy. Hi Tara. How are you doing today? I'm so good. How are you, Misty? I'm good. So I'm going to kind of explain what we're going to talk about and all that. Um, in a minute, but I want you to go ahead and just tell the listeners who you are, what you do, where you're from, all the things. Okay. Um, I am Tara. I currently live in Texas. I've been here for like 10 years. Um, I'm originally from Oklahoma, very small town, kind of moved here um, when I met my husband and I've been actually working in banking for eight years and was like totally unfulfilled. Um, Really? I didn't know that. Like, what did you do at a bank? 
Um, a little bit of everything. I started as a teller and then kind of worked up to like loans and stuff. Um, so I was doing that and like a bunch of credit report, boring shit that people hate <laughs> um, for a long time. But that was what I was doing when I ended. So it was just, I've always wanted to go to hair school. So I looked back into that and 2015 is when I went to hair school and I did it part-time, finished in two years. Um, I did an assistant program, went straight to working under somebody and did that assistant thing for like nine months and then went straight into booth rental um, and decided I needed to specialize in something that I really liked. And I ended up with balayage and blonding and yeah, that's what I do now. I'm in a suite now um, with a girl that I share with. We've been doing that for two years and it's been amazing. So that's me and a mom, of course, to a little guy who's almost two. He'll be two in November. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up because yes. that's kind of what we're talking about today. Kind of, no big deal. No big deal. So to mm-hmm. the listeners, um, her and I met in hair love and we had a mom conversation and what struck me the most and why I feel like we need to have this conversation was because when we were talking, you had said something about mom guilt and immediately in my head, I was like, fuck. We're not going to be, I'm not going to relate to her because in my mind, when I hear other moms say, oh, I just have so much mom guilt because I'm away from my kids or blah, 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 you know, whatever. I can't relate. And then you switched it and you said, I just have guilt because I don't feel guilty sometimes. And I was like, you're my people. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Powerful, Powerful stuff. I mean, I've just done some serious soul searching around mom guilt and just how it happens. And really I've kind of just come to find out that kind of anxiety and mom guilt are really just so tied in. They're like different, but sisters in the same way, you know, like we, it all starts with like an emo, like a, a thought that we let turn into just an emotion that becomes overwhelming and sometimes negative and, Oh, I just don't have time for that. We got shit to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. So our conversation turned into basically just how we feel as moms. Yeah. And I knew that we had to record this, which yeah. I really wish I had a recorder there because that would have been even better. So for those of you listening, if you are a mom, I will warn you, you might need to get some tissues maybe, <laughs> um, because I feel like it ended in tears last time. Um, but I want to start this with, so in 2020, um, when I was struggling, I was home with my son. My son is six. Um, I was struggling hardcore. I am not a stay at home mom. I'm not meant to be a stay at home mom. I don't enjoy it. Um, I'm not a good mom when I'm a stay at home mom. Um, but somebody had recommended, um, journaling to my son during this hard time. I started a journal in 2020 where I essentially write letters to him when he's older. So I will give it to him either when he has a kid or I feel like I'll know the right time. Um, So coming home from hair love, I wrote this and I I just want to start it with this because I just feel like I'm not the only one who feels this way. So, and I haven't read it since I wrote it. (laughs) So so I love it. Yeah. Wish me luck. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Dear Declan, I want to explain motherhood. Okay. Sorry. I feel like I'm going to cry already. I haven't started yet. Um, It's feeling guilty for not feeling guilty for wanting a break. 
It's wanting you to grow up faster, but then gets upset at the thought that you no longer needing the stool to brush your teeth, (laughs) (laughs) waiting for bedtime, waiting for bedtime, and then waiting to see you again the moment you fall asleep. What I hope for you, for what I hope for your future seems to contradict itself. I want you to be strong and confident and sensitive and kind. How the fuck do I, do I help make that happen? (laughs) I think motherhood feels like pressure and the more internal work I do for myself, the more I question if I want these things for your benefit or for mine. (laughs) (laughs) I knew this was going to happen. Do I worry about what others think of you or do I worry about what others think of me? and how I raise you tonight. You said, I'm so proud of myself while playing Mario. And I felt like the mother of the year. Motherhood is always hoping your kid puts himself first, but then not following your own advice. Then in the same thought, feeling like you aren't present enough. Motherhood is scary, confusing, rewarding, and depleting. And it's hands down the most beautiful thing I've ever done. I can't wait until he reads it. <laughs> I can. I'm going to hand him this. I'm going to run. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> what are your thoughts? So as true. It's so true. I mean, it's, it's such a conflicting place to be, honestly. Um, it's just one of those things that we just like have to continuously work on. And it's definitely, as somebody who is a business owner and who's somebody who has, in a way, sacrifice a lot of things before he was around to get where I'm at. It's like, just because as, as moms doesn't mean that we have to give up any of that. You know, I feel like we definitely have something to show for giving them something to see something about chasing our dreams and being able to just see us be able to do both. Um, it's powerful though. Cause it's, it's just so, it just makes me want to be better, you know? It really is their example of us is everything that they have. And why not show them that we can, we can, we're freaking moms and we're powerful and we're multifaceted and we're, we're all of these things. And why can't we do it all, you know, and be badass at it. Right. Um, so I think that's cool that you're writing him letters. I really love that. It's something I'm going to start doing for sure. You should. It's been fun. Um, reading them again is fun. Sometimes I yeah. uh, write them after some wine. Those are the yep. best. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's interesting because let me ask you this. Um, is your son your why? Absolutely. He is. I feel like that he's my why he's my drive. Um, and we have to start there because if we don't have a why and you have to get up and go to work every day, then no wonder you feel like shit about it. You know, if it's not something that's fueling your fire and giving it your everything. And my why is to have a balance ish, whatever we call that these days right. of, of the two of, and that's why it's so important too, for me to just, when I'm home, I'm home. And when I'm at work, I'm at work and he knows the difference or he will, you know, I can, he's already kind of seen signs of that. And I explain to him all the time why we go to work. And it's because we, I'm a, he's like, where's daddy, where's mama. And it's, he's at work because he's out to support our family. So we can do cool shit and go on ventures, you know? And so it's, it's definitely the the driving force. And I feel like in the beginning, 
I was terrified as shit, you know, um, there's a lot of things that I wasn't prepared for, but this is something that I've totally had to just hone in on and just figure out the why. And he, he's everything. It all comes back to him. So here we are, you know, that's why it's just too much to be able to wallow in the pity of, in the comparison of all of that is where I feel like it all comes from. It's just the stigma that's around us is working moms in general, you know, um, we're all working, whether we're doing it at home or we're at work, we're all working hard as hell. So we might as well join in together. And I think that's just where a lot of that comes from. But um, I think just honing in and knowing your whole purpose for all of it really makes, makes a difference. It makes you feel a lot better about what you're doing every day. You know, I struggled with that for a while. I don't think I realized that he was my why until the beginning of this year, because yeah. I would think about it and I would go, but I'm not doing this because of him, I would do this if he wasn't here right? in my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I had this epiphany at this, at a retreat, of course, damn retreats always. (laughs) And it was like, okay, maybe he is my why, you know? And then it kind of shifted everything. And, um, I think that, you know, it's interesting. Did you always want to be a mom? Um, he was definitely not planned. Um, I've, I've been through phases for the longest time. I was before I even met my husband, you know, I was like, I'm just going to be this girl who's bad at us at her career and young and vibrant and not a mom. And then I met my husband and it was like, okay, you're cool. We could totally make something together. And yeah, so it's crazy how just in life things shift, you know, um, which is why our priorities and our whys and our things have to, mm-hmm. um, but he was definitely, definitely a shock for me at that point. I was just kind of getting going with my career and really taking off. Um, and it was like, a <laughs> stop me in my tracks for a second. Like, hold on. This is like a whole ass human being that I'm about to raise. Like, and then that just kind of gives me my determination behind that. But it's, it's, you just have something else to live for besides yourself, which makes those dreams for me even bigger. Um, and even more so attainable in my mind, you know? Right. Well, you have to show him that it's possible for sure. I find that the more that I dive into my like internal growth, the more I try and teach him, but he's six. Sure. I know. I'm like, my son's too. You get it right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I'll say, you know, we'll be playing a game and I'll be and he'll be like, we're good. I'm going to lose. And I'm like, well, if you say you're going to lose, you are going to lose. So now he'll be like, I'm going to win. Cause I said, I'm going to win means I'm going to win. And I'm like, well, (laughs) it's kind of like that. Yeah. But it's it. So I did not want kids. I was kind of very similar to you. I did. I, before we got married, my husband, and I actually said we weren't going to have kids and we changed our mind and we did try for Declan and he's here now. So, um, but we're done. Done. Like, mm. Good. Same. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I want to just say to, to the listeners, like, I do feel guilty complaining about motherhood, knowing that there's people out there that wish that they could complain about it as well. And I do want to say that, and I do not want to be insensitive. I have family members and friends who are trying to have kids and they are struggling. And and I, I do not want to be insensitive to that, but today I do want to talk to the mothers that are struggling. You know, I want to talk to that are struggling daily and not in like, Oh my God, I hate my kid way. I fucking love my son. I love him so much. Um, but motherhood is hard. It's so fucking hard. Like, and it's, it's hard in a different way than you think. So let me ask you this. Okay. 
what kind of mom were you when you were pregnant versus what kind of mom you are now that he is here? <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Cause um, I was the perfect mom when I was pregnant. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same. Um, perfect. Sure. <laughs> um, I definitely, I, I totally became obsessed. Um, I was like, download 75 fucking apps, read everything all day, take my prenatals, all the things, resting all. I mean, it's, it's wild how your brain just kind of, I was that way with my business at first. And then I totally consumed myself and how, how they're even made. Um, and it was like every little detail. And I learned quickly that that's a little bit unhealthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> But damn, there's at this point, there's just so much freaking information out there and everybody has an opinion and every kid is different, you know? Um, so being, being a mom now, I had to kind of learn that really it's just whatever we do as, as our family, me and him and my husband and the things that we choose to prioritize and the things that we choose that are important for our family. Um, instead of just listening to all the other bullshit, um, and that was something that was really hard for me to just kind of like get. It took me a while, but it it's definitely something that has taken the relief and the pressure off so much that what works for you doesn't work for us. And, you know, um, and I feel like that's kind of a part of what makes me not have the mom guilt in the ways that maybe a lot of people do um, because we can't compare. It's really just that simply, honestly, Um so I feel like as a, as a mom now, I'm a little bit more of not like carefree in a way, but obviously just going with the flow um, that he's going to do his things when he's supposed to and hit his milestones and all those things. And it's just my job to continue to teach him the good um, and how to raise a normal human and not so much stress and not so much pressure from the outside world, really. Yeah, I think that the, the mom guilt can stem a lot from, and I am no therapist, <laughs> um, but can stem a lot from like, you know, putting the pressure on ourselves. So like if he oh. acts up in, in, you know, public, everyone's going to look at me and mm -hmm. I'm a bad mom. So it's like this ego kind of mm -hmm. takes in, like, um, even with what he wears to school, you know, he's six now he picks out his outfits. Right. I, I want so bad sometimes to say, don't wear that. Like that looks stupid, you know, but like, in my mind, it's because I care what his teacher is going to think about what I dressed him in. And mm -hmm. is that like, that feels wrong. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. like, if I want him to be a unique individual, I have to just let him do what he wants to do. And, and as he gets older, what he wants to do is not what I want him to do. And that's hard. That's a terrifying thought. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it, well, you don't, and I mean, I'm just talking about clothes, but I mean, that can go into so many other things too. I mean, even technology, you know, I struggle with, okay, he's, he's growing up in a world where he needs to learn technology because it's going to be his whole life. Yeah. yeah. But I also grew up playing outside and talking to people and looking them in the eye and, you know, and it's like, it's the hard balance. It's like, no, you can't have an iPad, but am I doing him a disservice for his future? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like a conversation with my sister who is single mom and it's interesting because she, she too has done actually a lot of nonprofit work and going into schools and talking to kids, um, about 
the things that we deal with now, stuff like that, social media and all these things. So it's such a normal thing, I feel like, for us to try to like protect them and do what we know that we've been told and how we were raised. And man, the world is just so different. It is, it's a battle for sure. Yeah. And, and you just never know if you're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like, according to who, right? Right. I mean, because there's no playbook. There's no playbook on how to be a mom, um, especially like a, a working mom. Like, I mean, shit, we don't know, <laughs> you know, like we're all just kind of making it up as we go and doing the best that we can and trying to rewrite old stories and make new ones. And it's, it's interesting and it's a total mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, okay. So we talked at hair love about, um, like coming from struggle, but then not wanting your kids to come from like the yes. same struggle. And this is, I find this to be a fascinating conversation. Um, and actually I, so I bring up Haley all the time in my podcast, but the resilient hairdresser Haley, mm-hmm. she'll be listening to this one. I'm sure. Um, she, in one of my podcasts recently, I said that I have a hard time connecting with people who did not struggle. And she sent me a message and she kind of reframed that for me. And she was very correct. She said, a lot of people don't talk about their struggles or they're not comfortable talking about their struggles, or sometimes they're not even aware of some of the traumas that they had that are affecting their lives. And it's not that I don't connect with people who don't struggle. It's that I don't connect with people who don't talk about it openly. So yeah. vulnerable. I connect with vulnerable people, whatever. I just want to throw that out there. Haley, are you proud of me? I think you are. <laughs> but I think about, again, and I said this at Hair Love, I find my trauma made me funny. <laughs> I find that in ways it made me strong, <laughs> like her. And I struggle with, well, I don't want Declan to have these things. Like, I don't want him to be disappointed in the ways that I was disappointed. I always want him to feel safe all of the things, but I also worry that where he's going to be spoiled, you know, or he's going to not know how to get through hard things or he's not going to know. And, and that one's a hard one for me. Like, how do you let your kids be disappointed without disappointing them? (laughs) Have that healthy balance. Yeah. Question. Um, I mean, and since we've kind of talked about that at hair love, that's something I've been kind of on my mind too. And I love the way that Haley said that because it's so true. And I feel like that's a big part of how we kind of move past that shit is being able to have these one-on-one conversations about the shit that everybody feels, but doesn't necessarily talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's interesting because there is definitely a healthy line of like, it's okay for them to see us make mistakes and do shit wrong sometimes. Um, it's all about kind of how we frame it around the lesson that there is in that, you know, um, and forgiving ourselves because we're not fucking perfect. Um, how, how to resolve the conflict um, of whatever it may be, you know, um, and kind of how to turn it around and just that in general, people aren't freaking perfect and people make mistakes. And it's important for them to know that, that, as, as their parents were not perfect, even though maybe in their eyes we may be, and that's cool, but they don't need perfect. They need real. Right. Um, so yeah, it's interesting as like little minds, but it's so crazy that these few beginning years are so transformative and everything that kind of puts them out into the world forever, you know, no pressure. Yeah, no, exactly. No pressure. pressure. Yeah. Um, I try to apologize 
as much as I can. Like yeah. if I yell at him and I know it's because I had a bad day and I, it had mm-hmm. nothing to do with him, he's just six. Mm-hmm. Um, I always apologize. And I say to him, you know, sometimes mommy has, is grumpy yeah. too, you know? Yeah. And, um, I read up before I had him, I remember reading and this has stuck with me so long. Um, a lot of times that, um, couples will fight in front of their kids, but they won't resolve it in front of their kids. Mm-hmm. They'll go upstairs and resolve it, you know, and it said to resolve if they see you fight, resolve it in front of your child. So don't, mm-hmm. you're not just teaching them like how to fight. You're teaching them how to resolve a problem. And that really stuck with me because I don't ever remember seeing my parents resolve things. Yeah. Um, that gives me goosebumps because I, as a child, I came from a household that was very up and roar, if you will, a lot. Um, and that was something I've never seen either. And it's, it's interesting on that perspective. I mean, we've, my son being too, you know, he's Mr. Copycat right now. Um, so, I mean, I've noticed like if I get fresh with our dogs or something, for instance, like back up and he's, he's yelling words like that, you know, but he's also at the same time, if he, if we accidentally like, you know, he bumps up to something or we bump him or somebody does something that's, you know, needs an apology. He's the first person to run and like give you a little pat and just say sorry and like leans his little head and so then that makes me feel a little bit better you know because I'm like damn do I really yell at my dogs that much (laughs) Um, but it's just little stuff like that I mean and they they totally pick up on that um and it's not even even as a six-year-old that's not something they even realize but then that's in their mind forever um and, and in ways that they when they try to learn how to cope and deal and do all these things later on. It's, those are big pivot points. I feel like just to be able to see that normal people have our disart disagreements and then you just make it up and we still love each other and we're still the same people, but sometimes things are just, you know, a little bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything's roses and flowers. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, Kit, you know, essentially our children are almost like a reflection to us, right? Like, yeah. But do you feel like you have learned from your son about yourself? Oh, I think I would say just to give a little bit more grace. I mean, he is so much more forgiving of the little things. Um, And it's hard saying that he's too, but like in my mind, he totally gets it. You know, like I can see it and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Um, but it's just patience too, learning patience that we all have things to learn and to grow and that maybe we just didn't get it right the first time, but that doesn't mean to just give up. Um, which is something that I, I'm, I'm working on myself for sure is that I've, I've always been, if I'm not good at it the first time, like, fuck it, I don't want to do it, you know? Um, and that's something that I'm having to instill in him, like the complete 100%. So that's something that I'm having to take in myself as I'm teaching him. Um, So it's really interesting. I'd probably say that's one of the bigger things, honestly. They will start parenting you. So that's something that we, yeah, like we, we do that because it's like, no, like, because he will give up quick, like so fast. Yeah. And no, you got to keep trying. Like, that's how you get better. And then now anytime I'm like, this isn't working, I'm not going to do it. He goes, mommy, you just have to keep trying. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) you're like, dang it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's. But it's so true. I mean, they literally pick up everything. And and I don't know if your son is already doing this, but at six, my son wants us to be together all the time. Oh, yeah. 
all the time. Like, and, and us, like me, my husband and him, he acts yep. it. If my husband's at work, our family isn't together. That's what he always says. Oh. I just miss our whole family. And I'm like, well, we're still a family. He just went to work so you can have all these toys. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know. Oh Lord. Yeah. I mean, and, and they see that. I mean, my son is now, he just kind of started this the last couple of weeks, but like him and my husband, we'll, we'll be hanging out outside and they are doing their boy thing, you know, doing all. And he comes over to me and literally picks up my finger and he said, mama up, mama up. Like he, he wants me to come whatever. And I'm like, okay, I see you. Like, and then there's also a tinge of that at the same time that I'm like, oh damn. Okay. I I probably should have been there in the the first place, you know, but then it's like, no, he he just wants me to be there. It's, it's a part of being family. That's what he knows is all of us together. And paying attention, paying so much attention. Paying they attention. know. They yeah, know. They we, know. We've been guilty of looking at our phones, and he's doing something, and he comes over like, "Mama, <laughs> like, hello, you're not yeah. paying attention to me." And I'm like, "Oof, you're right, you're right." You know. Wait till so, they tell you that you have screen addiction, like mine is oh, now saying. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not ready. It's um, it's it's fascinating because so that actually. Um, again, all of the work I've been doing with my coach is about really listening, holding space and things like that. Um, and that is something that I struggled with, with like family members that I grew up with of like never feeling heard. And it, it turned into not always feeling safe. You know, it turned into a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So many things. Um, and I have really been trying to implement just truly listening to my son, even if it's about fucking Minecraft, (laughs) fucking hate, (laughs) like really try to hear him out. And he, it's to the point where if we're arguing, he will, and I interrupt him because that's, I don't know, they're kids. Like you think that you can, but you really can't like, he will just, he will be so hurt. I never get to talk. You always interrupt me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn, like I always think like, how would I as an adult want to be treated? Because they really want to be treated the same way. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we treat them like they're children and they, I mean, they are children, but like they, they want the same things. They mm-hmm. want to feel loved. They want to feel safe, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like feeling pushed aside, not heard, not paid attention to, which so many times, especially nowadays, that's what we do on our phone is we just stare at it, even when they're talking to us. And mm-hmm. could you imagine if, if right now I was talking to you and you were just staring down at your right. phone? Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Like, you know. she really makes you step back and look at it from their eyes. And it's been such a conscious thing too. But since he's, since that day, when he came and pulled me up out of our little hammock and was like, mom, <laughs> hello you're not going to come play. That's been something that has been so hard on my mind. And so, you know, the last few nights I've made an effort. We've all been in the yard kicking the ball together and it's just, it's fun. It's a joy. And the shit, the other shit can wait later, you know? Um, Cause man, they just grow up so fast and it's, it's so interesting to watch. I mean, it happens overnight and they really just have these little downloads of stuff every day. And you're like, dang, yeah. How did you get here? <laughs> 
it gets crazy too. Like it, it'll turn into um, like we're, I'm struggling a bit with my son now because he's really smart, <laughs> <laughs> too smart, <laughs> he's really smart. And I don't know how to talk to him about certain things. So he got in trouble on the second day of school. I got a letter from the teacher that he got three warnings about, you know, talking and, and he had to go sit by himself and he was so upset about it, blah, blah. So of course I'm get him off the bus. We're having this talk. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, nothing. Well, I read the letter. Oh yeah. Well, blah, blah, blah. So he really didn't give a shit about being in trouble. (laughs) And I'm like, Declan, you can't, you cannot talk when the teacher tells you not to talk. And he's like, well, then how am I supposed to make friends? And I'm just like, I called my husband. I was like, I don't know how even to like punish him. Like, yeah. like Yes. Cause I'm like, I mean, he's not wrong, but like friends at a different time. So it's, it's fascinating because, um, I feel like it just keeps getting harder in different ways. You know, when they're infants, it's like, okay, keep it alive as best as you can. You know, And then as he gets older, it's like everything I do, everything I say is going to shape how he sees the world. And that is fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. All I want is for him to be a good person, but what is a good person? Like, you know, just a kind person that lives on my couch until he's 50. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is that it's, it's terrifying. Um, being able to try to like, I mean, you know, seeing your child in pain in general is tough, but like an emotional pain or something that like hurts their feelings or something they just like don't quite understand yet. And Lord, like the world is heavy lately and we have been probably trying to give some serious lessons and it's it's not easy um but it's so important and it's just we've got to give ourselves some grace where we can you know um because they're gonna they're gonna see hurtful things and it's just the way that the world is unfortunately and it's just kind of our it's so hard to want to shield them from so many things and but it's so important to teach them the right and the wrong. Um, but, but getting there is a little bit difficult sometimes. Yeah. That, I've been struggling with that as well, because, um, you know, do you bring certain situations to light? Right. You know, or do you wait till they ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, do you bring it to light and then you make it a thing that was never right. even a thing in their mind, right. you know, or because I mean, one day the questions will come, exactly. Exactly. you know, in my head, I'm like, well, once the questions come, then he's ready for the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'll mm-hmm. let you know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> um, so let's talk about just parenting um, with somebody else, because I know that, you know, I do this growth, all this growth stuff. My husband doesn't. And like, sometimes we have to have this talk of like, Hey, like he's talking to you, just put your phone down, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, then there's almost this, like, don't tell me how to parent situation. And that's hard. So you're, you're taking another human being that you really haven't lived with that long. If you think about it, I mean, I've been with my husband for 16 years, but I'm 36. So like in comparison, yeah, in comparison, it's not that long. And then you're raising a human together. Um, and that's a bit of a fascinating part of it as well. Yeah. 100%. Um, my husband, we, him and I are just like literally 150% opposite. <laughs> really? Um, really. Um, in a lot of different ways, but 
it is, it's really been awesome because I've, I've honestly learned more from him in the last 10 years, um, just about life in general, really than I did as a kid. Um, I was in a lot of different situations and just learned a lot of different stuff more about like the heart, you know, um, and his life was a little bit different and his perspective on, on a lot of things is completely different. So it's taken a lot of us kind of joining together and just being like, all right, man, how do we do this? How do we, how do we mesh yours and mine and maybe get a little bit of both and, and it all be correct, you know, in our brains. Um, but it's interesting. And I feel like that's a big part of too, why I feel like I'm allowed to do the things that I do with my business, go on these five day retreats to the freaking mountains with no cell phone service, no nothing, because I'm so confident in his ability. Maybe it's not the exact same way that I do things or that we have conversations, but he's so capable and he's so, so patient. Um, I, on the other hand, am not, I, I catch myself snapping or any of that way quicker than, than he does. And I, I don't even realize at the moment that I'm actually even doing it until we're maybe addressing the same situation, but he's doing it in a completely different way. Um, and it's interesting to see, and I've even learned things from him too, you know, um, on me being a little bit more aggressive or stern or loud with trying to get a point across because like, dude, I've already told you 12 times to stay out of the dog water bowl. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Or my husband, you know, taking the minute to stop what he's doing and walk over there and get on his level and have a conversation with him. Like, like they're man to man, like he's 30 or something, you know, it's like, but it, it, he, he sees him and he gets that. And it's, it's a whole lesson that I've been taking too on when I do snap or when I do have those reactions, I know that I need to get on his level and look him in the eye and explain, I get frustrated because I told you 12 times to not do the thing and you're still doing it. And mom doesn't have as much patience, you know, and I'm working on it, but it's interesting. Um, but man, I'm, I'm so thankful too that he kind of picks up where I lack in so many different ways and, and vice versa too, you know, um, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You feel like the days that you're impatient, he's more patient and the days that he's impatient, you're more patient. 100%. I what is that? That happens with us. It's like, perfect. <laughs> it's like nature is like, here you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they know what we need. <laughs> so I feel, I feel the same. You know, I a hundred percent trust my husband when I'm gone. Right. Okay. Almost to a point where I'm like, Hey, next month I'm going to be gone for a week. <laughs> like like yeah. I don't even tell him. Book cool. it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I don't feel guilty about it. I don't no. feel guilty going away for a week. I have friends who feel guilty going out to eat two nights in a row without their kids. And I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if I feel guilty because I worry about what other people think of me doing these things. Or if I just feel guilty for not feeling guilty because other, like it all boils down to what other people think. Yeah. And that pisses me off because I, I don't feel like I care what other people think, but apparently I do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that was, that's something that I've been learning too, is that even having that conversation with you at Hair Love that kind of took me a minute to even be able to say like, no, no, I don't. I have more. So I have guilt because I don't have guilt. And it's yes. like, I just wish more people could see 
from that perspective. Um, and I feel like that all just becomes with like the work and me knowing and having my why honed in so much that nothing could distract me from that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting just cause it's, it's totally like a training process. You know what I mean? Like we literally have to teach ourselves and understand why we even feel the way that we do. And, and honestly, like if we were to do like like a mindset check right now, like a little valuation, like, do we actually think that we are shitty mothers? No, No. like, no, we, we totally tend to their unrelenting needs. We cuddle them. We love them. We do cool shit at the end of the day. And so it's like, so how the hell did we get here? You know? And that's all because of these stupid thoughts and these emotions and all this shit from the outside world that we let just overtake it and knowing why and validating ourselves for the reason that we're doing it, I feel like just helps so much. Um, and that's something I really had to teach myself. And during COVID, it was interesting. I had only been back to work for, from maternity leave for like six weeks. Um, and at that first initial go back was like a little bit like, Ooh, I'm not ready. Um, but man, that shutdown, like I was like, just getting in my shit. I was like, getting my groove on. Like I'm doing this working mom thing. I feel good about this. This is my escape. I love to be here socializing with people. And then it was like, psych yep and all of a sudden it was like holy shit like I'm not I'm not made for this as far as sitting here all day and at that time bless it he was like three four months like colicky not napping just like torture (laughs) yeah the worst of the thick of it yeah and it was it was tough for me to sit in that and really realize that unfortunately like me being filled up and my exchange of validation of damn you're doing good damn you make people feel good kind of thing was was not within momming it was within my job um and it was interesting to be able to try to like put myself in that situation where it was like he he's what I have he's what I have to take care of right now and to be able to it's just interesting to be able to like kind of knock yourself down a couple notches and be like okay here we are what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? How am I going to reframe my mind around this? Because it's me and you, bud, for like the next, <laughs> at that point, I didn't know 90 or so days. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting on finding that why. And, and honestly, I mean, I'm sure that many people can resonate this, but I'm, I'm a better mom when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Those, those hours and the after school work hours and the evenings mean so much more. Um, you know, I mean, some people just go to work just to freaking keep their sanity and that's okay too. But it's just something about getting out and changing the environment and putting you in a positive situation that kind of just changes your whole mindset. So for me, it's having that day of all of these giving into people they give into me. It's like an exchange of good feelings all day. And I'm like jazzed up and on my 45 minute ride home, I'm chilling. I'm leaving my, my boss mode mindset to mom mindset. And by the time I get home, I'm ready to do it, you know? Um, so there's really, I think just kind of having that, this is work and this is my family time, right? Like differences because there has to be that. Um, because obviously me trying to make an Instagram post taking three hours to do while he's interrupting me or I forgot what I was on. It ain't working. It ain't working. Yeah. Well, going to work, you get to be Tara. Yeah. Mom. And that's well, what I, I, I don't like to be mom all the time. 
I, yeah. I can't, I don't do well that way. I, we were locked up together, <laughs> um, <laughs> doing kindergarten virtual learning. Woo-hoo. Um, it was so bad. It was so yeah. bad. The yelling, the crying from both of us. Um, my husband would come home. I would be on the couch, like bundled up with a glass of wine, like in tears <laughs> at 2 PM. <laughs> yes. It was so hard. Um, and it, it just wasn't good for anyone. It wasn't good for my husband. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my son. It's like, I need, I didn't know who I was. My identity was completely taken from me. Uh, And I think it's interesting with having a kid because you think that you're going to feel like they're like a part of you. And I don't feel that way. He's his own person. Like, you know, I mean, again, I love him. He's a part of my family. He's a part of my daily life, but like, like, he needs his thing just as much as I need my thing. You know, Absolutely. I mean, even on Sundays, my kid will sit in his living room. We, it's his playroom. We call it his living room. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like playrooms. I don't like kids that much. So <laughs> we call it a living room. Yeah. He'll sit in his living room and he'll go, I don't want to take my PJs off. I just want to be alone all day. And I'm like, me Hell too. Yeah. Yep. Same me but, too. Same but. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is, it's, it, the parenting thing is quite difficult, but I do think if, are you a control freak? Not really. No. Okay. So I was, and I think that that was a lot of my issues with parenting as well is like, well, you need to want to do the things that I want to do. You need to do the things that I asked you to do the way that I asked you to do that. You know, all of Mm -hmm. everything that comes with controlling everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what I've learned the most as being a parent is like, things actually go better if I let go of the control. 100%. Yeah. I've had to learn that myself. I mean, and I think with, with a control freak in my own life, there's definitely some, some boundaries too, but with parenting, I've learned that like, holy shit, this kid is in control. Apparently like I, I don't have a lot of control right now. I might like to think that I do, but really. Yeah. Zero. (laughs) Well, that's not true. I mean, we have somewhat control, but it's definitely, I, I think thinking of your child as his own person was, is huge. You Mm -hmm. know, again, everyone wants, I mean, even before he was born, you know, my husband hunts and fishes and, and, you know, likes sports. He's such a manly man. And he's like, I'll be so upset if he doesn't hunt. And I'm like, he might not want to. Sounds exactly like my husband. He is too. And we've had that same talk. Like, what if he doesn't want to, is that totally going to crush your heart a little bit or (laughs) it will. I'm telling you right now, my my son, he doesn't want to play sports. He's went hunting with him once and made it about 15 minutes. I think (laughs) Um, he gets, he doesn't want to kill animals. (laughs) So my husband is having, he's better now. I mean, for the last two years, though, he's had a little bit of a hard time with it. I can imagine, you know, and, and it's like, we have to figure out, we have to take what he's good at and amplify those things. Yeah. Force him into a mold. Yeah. It's hard. You sure can't. Mm-mm. And it's funny to think about too, is being a kid at one time in our lives <laughs> and the things that maybe we thought we had to be or not and how we've turned out maybe 100% opposite, you know, it's kind of right. funny. Um, Cause yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, we have a little bit of control but like, ultimately, like not so much. So that's why it's just so important to be able to kind of just 
do our thing and set the right example as far as this is kind of what life looks like. You can kind of make it what you want. You can chase dreams and you can be a parent and you can be a badass business owner and a badass mom. You can do it all. Um, and we just put so much pressure on ourselves. It's just like the it's we're literally doing it to ourselves. Like there is nobody else saying you're a bad mom. Da, 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 da. I mean, unless you're in like those crazy Facebook mom groups or whatever, but well, what even constitutes a bad mom? Like if I'm doing crack, then I'm probably a bad mom. I mean, yeah. Like, like, there's like, the line here. Yes. There's a lot of options to be shitty. Yeah. Like, like what, what, who decides you're a bad mom or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. I like to joke and say I'm a bad mom, but I think I'm a pretty good mom. My son's pretty cool. You know, just, that's what I'm saying is that when we really get down to like the rooted, why, like, why do you actually feel that way? Um, rooted wise is a term that I learned from Jamie C. And that has been like, my everything in the last like two weeks, like, why do I feel this way? Why do I want to eat like shit? Why do I want to do this? And why there's a freaking why for everything. And it's literally just narrowing it down to that. And then that can be the driver of everything. Um, and the why is just wanting them to have a more fulfilled and amazing life than we have for ourselves. And it's all just about teaching them how to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in my letter, I had said that I was so proud of my son and I'll share this too. I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but, um, again, I read a lot of books. So (laughs) I had read in a book about, um, set, you know, when you say you're proud, like, I'm proud of you to your kid, like, then they constantly try to have you be proud of them. So you should say you should be proud of yourself so that they're constantly trying to, you know, please themselves and not worry about what I think as his parent or what his friends think or whatever. Um, and I notice now that he'll say, I'm really proud of myself, you know, or if you ask him, who do you love more than anyone? He'll say me. Oh, and I love it. At first I was like, wait, Oh wait, no, no, no. That's correct. <laughs> like- <laughs> so powerful. I've actually heard you say that. Um, and that's something that I've been in- implementing into my own life with him because right telling him all the time, like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. But it, it really is like him having the recognition of like, damn, I just did that. And yeah. it's really cool to see them get proud of themselves. Like what a feeling, you know? Well, it's okay. taken me 36 years to realize that all I had to do is believe in myself, mm, 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 mm. you know? Mm. And it's like, why can't I teach him to believe in himself now And who knows what the hell he could do? You know what I mean? Like he could, he, if you believe in yourself, you can do almost anything. Possibilities are endless for sure. So it's, it's interesting. He's informed me he's going to Harvard. So (laughs) (laughs) he must have seen it on a movie or something. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, you can go to Harvard. I'm like whispering to Pat, start saving our money. (laughs) I was about to say like on whose time. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love Um, that though. He'll get it. Yeah. So I'm going to ask, so this is a new question that I'm asking on the podcast and you can bring this around to parenting. You can bring this around to anything. Okay. Anything you want. Um, What failure quote unquote, are you the most thankful for? Mm. Dang. I mean, Ooh, that's a tough <laughs> like, Surprise. Huh? Yeah, you got me on that one. 
I mean, honestly, I would say, um, oh, dang, this is really making me think because I feel like there's been a few and really it's just my failure to believe in my freaking self, man. Um, because when I took a leap of faith and a risk on myself to quit my pretty steady banking job to go into this kind of unknown hair world that my husband was like, now what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make all this money. I'm going to paint this hair and I'm going to like do all these things and love it every day. And, but it took me sacrificing some shit to make it work. And I worked seven days a week on end and there was a point in my life where I was like, is this, is this the right thing to do? I feel like I'm kind of making the wrong decision here. Um, and then it was like, no, I got this. There's been many a times where I have failed to believe in myself and literally just gave the fuck up because it was easier than embarrassing myself or it being too fucking hard. And honestly, I mean, we're the only ones that can do that for ourselves. We're the only ones that can make a change this whole mindset shit is so real and it is so powerful. And my failure to believe in all of that has, has been my biggest failure because I have learned so much now that I have finally started to implement that into my life and finally just told myself like, I'm going to fucking do this. I mean, my husband was terrified. He was like, I don't understand any of this that you're doing and you're not, you're going to make more money than you make now. And like, are you sure? And it was like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I got this. Like, literally had to train my brain. Like for the first time in my life, I finally believed in myself and I didn't let anything freaking stop me. Um, and the failure to do that for so many years is, is definitely it for sure. That's perfect. Yay. I, your son's going to listen to this one day. <laughs> I can't wait. He's he will. And he'll be like, mama, what'd you say? She you said, said fuck a lot. <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> oh man. It's Sarah, thank you yeah. so much for coming on here and being open mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and having this conversation. I have talked about this conversation with almost everyone that we, that we had in hair at hair love. Cause I just, I do think it's so important, um, because it's just, we're not alone. We're not mm -hmm. alone. We're not the only people who feel like parenting kind of sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just a trek of just never giving up, man. Going to keep on keeping on and yeah. struggle is fucking real. And so is the juggle, but we can do it. You know, when, when do you think we'll feel like we did a good job though? Like, I always wonder that, like, is it going to be when he gets married? Is it going to be when he goes to college? Is he going to like, like, where am I going to go? Yes. <laughs> like, oh no. I'll let you know on that one. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. No, awesome. thank you so much for, for having this conversation and for being vulnerable with me. And I'm glad that you asked me that question. Um, because it has really made me do some, some soul searching myself and I'm proud of myself and you should be too. Thank you. I am. I'm proud of me. Yeah. You're pretty great. And I'm going to write some letters to my son in the future. You should. Absolutely. I'm telling you. That's so good. Journal. Um, now where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram like everybody else. I am born to balayage and I pretty much hang out there. I have a website um, for my clients and stuff, but really that's just me. I'm there on Perfect. the reels usually. <laughs> Perfect. 
Thank awesome. you. You do good reels too. <laughs> well, talk about uh, the failure to believe in myself. I did not understand that. So I'm really pushing my comfort zone there. No, you're doing good. They're funny. I like your dancing one. I can't <laughs> I need better at dancing on there. I'm a the machine. That's the only thing that makes me feel better and normal about those. Because otherwise, if I'm just talking to a camera, I'm like, what in the hell am I doing? I look so dumb. Um, but thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. You are amazing. I love everything that you're doing here and I'll be listening some more. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy your day. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you so, so, so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, don't forget to screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag Backroom Beauty Talks, tag me, Missy Jane, tag Tara. She is at born.2.balayage. And yeah, I hope that you could resonate with this uh, conversation as much as I did. And I will talk with you on the next one.